Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 12, 2016, and today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 62, the first full paragraph. Today's readers are Amanda R. on the 12 Steps, Naomi B. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Alice M., Deanna B., and Dion R. Overreaders Anonymous, oh, I'm sorry, the reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, May 11th, is 8731. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome anyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that the 12 steps, our message is that the people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amanda R. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning. This is Amanda R. in Maine, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Amanda R. I will now ask Naomi B. to read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my family. This is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself and our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lead its OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issue. Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to... Do service, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 62, the first full paragraph, and I will ask Alice M. to read two paragraphs and focus comments on the second paragraph. Thank you, Kathy. This is Alice, a food addict and bulimic from Florida. Selfishness, self-centeredness, that, we think, is the root of our troubles. 
driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us. God makes that possible, and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we cannot live up to them, even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. And uh, the part I'd like to focus on here is where it says, many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. And boy, that was me. You know, I, I wanted to be a loving and peaceful person on this planet. You know, I wanted to be a good person. I wanted to be a good mother, a patient, tolerant, um, loving mother like I saw other mothers being. Uh, I wanted to respect the environment. You know, I had all these values. I, I, I belong to a congregation that has all these values. And, and I tell you, I felt like a hypocrite. Just something was wrong with me. I was an abusive mother for many years. Um, I was not respectful of the planet. I did not love myself and others. Um, you know, I, I, I couldn't do those things. I didn't know how. I didn't have the skill set I hear people talk about a lot. Um, you know, it says, neither could we reduce our self-centeredness by wishing or trying on our power. So I had to have, an out, I had to have outside help. You know, some people turn to God if they believe in God. Um, those of us who are atheists or agnostic, you know, we, we, turn, we need to turn to other spiritual resources that are going to give us direction. And for me, you know, that, those spiritual resources come in many forms. It's the fellowship, uh, you know, the principles inherent in these steps. A sponsor guides me and directs me greatly today. Um, you know, outside professionals I had to seek for issues. Um, in literature, I have lots of spiritual you know, literature that I use um, to help me, help direct me in my recovery. And I also turn to that abiding strength within me, too, because I believe that there, down, deep down in every human being, whatever, you know, there is a fundamental concept of, God, of good, you know, that we all have this good within us. Um, so, you know, we all choose our own spiritual resources. They are all personal to us. As, as many people as there, as there are on this line, that's as many different spiritual resources that we have. And then we, you know, trudge forward. So, so that's, uh, that's my share, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Alice. Um, who would like to share on the second paragraph that Alice read? Larry. Tina S. This is Bella. Can I share? Leave a Melissa, Melissa C. Kim Okay, so far I have Larry, Tina, and Bella. Who else? Reva Melissa P. P. Okay, I heard Reva P. I'm sorry if we could do it one at a time. Who's next? Allison C. Melissa C. Melissa Kim. C. 
Did I MG. hear uh, uh, MG? Did I hear Stacy? You got it. Okay. What's your first initial, Stacy? A uh, T. Okay. Great. Okay. So I have Larry K, Tina S, Bella G, Reva P, Melissa C, Kim G, and Stacy T. Did I get everyone? Allison C. Allison C. Okay. Okay, let's go with those, and we'll start with Larry Kay. Thank you, Larry. Hey, Kathy. Thank you for your service. Larry Kay, um, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Wow, I, I love what Alice had to, to share there. Um, I agree. You know, I, I, I had to have um, I had to have my higher powers help, and um, and, and yeah, we, we get to define that uh, higher power for ourselves. No one could define that for us. And that's a beautiful part of our program. I know, um, you know, for me, as long as I continued to believe that I could, you know, extricate myself from this disease of self, um, well, then I would, you know, endlessly look internally for another bright idea. And so I, I approach step, as we approach step three here, for me, it, it's not really complex. It's kind of like, okay, my, you know, my creator, the, the truth of the matter is, you know, I've proven that I don't have a flipping clue how to run my life. <laughs> so, so I'm acknowledging that I must have your help. So I, I'm not going to dictate the terms of living today. I pray for your guidance. Just, by the way, despite my fear, creator, that these steps won't work for me. Because I don't know about you, but I had that fear. Not going to work for me. So I'm going to lay down my crystal ball thinking with your help and embark on, on them anyway, on these steps anyway. And you know what, creator, whatever you are, I'll, I'll leave the results of the steps to you. I'm going to leave the outcome to you. I'm going to set aside my, my crystal ball today and simply follow the instructions in this book. And if I'm to change as a result of this process, if I'm going to change, um, I accept that's entirely up to you. If I change, that it's not up to me anymore. I'm you're driving the you're driving the deal today, God. I, I I'm not because you know what, whatever talents you've given me, whatever skills, intellect, ability to analyze all that stuff. One thing I acknowledge, it hasn't worked very well in a lot of areas of my life, including the food and some other things. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna turn in my. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn in my badge that I'm running the the show here and uh, and let you run it, and that's pretty much how I how I, I I must have God's help. I know that today. I must have my Creator's help. Thank God for for that because otherwise I would have. Uh, I, I really do believe I I wouldn't be here today. I do believe that. Anyways, with that I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry K and Tina S. Please go ahead. Thanks, Kathy. Tina, compulsive eater, uh, anorexic in Florida. Real grateful to be here today. Uh, Welcome to the conference call. Please. If you are the moderator, please enter the moderator. There are currently 262 Can you hear me, Kathy? other participants in the conference. Hello? Yes, I can hear you. I got that. Sorry. Um, 
You know, uh, I loved what was shared, too. I, I really am uh, so grateful to be here. And, and what I know today is uh, that the problem's right here. You know, and I usually don't think so. You know, that's just the truth. And, you know, I listened to this big book study where um, the guy talked about above everything, we must be rid of this selfishness. And first time I heard it, I thought, oh, that's pretty dramatic. You know, but the truth is, above everything, you know, I must be rid of this selfishness. And, you know, it's going to kill me, you know. And it says, and then it tells me how I do that. It says God makes that possible, you know. I'm not able to do it on my own. You know, if I could have, you know, I certainly would have, you know. You know, I have to have God's help. And, you know, I have an opportunity today, daily actually, when I connect with a power greater than myself, you know, to be something different, you know, and to do something different. You know, so if Tina's running the show, you know, I get the same stuff. And, you know, I'm real grateful to be here today and to be able to align my will with God's. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Tina. Who is next? Bella G. Bella G, go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, everybody, for being there on the line. We had to have God's help. Wow. This is bottom line for me now being in the program. Before the program, I knew that there is God, but I don't need his help, special not in the food area, in my eating disorder. You know, I don't need God's help. I can do it by myself. And I tried so many times to prove to myself and to you that I can do it by myself. Obviously, I couldn't. But I didn't think that it's because I need God's help. It's because I don't have the willpower. And, I, you know, before the program, I was like in a swing, uh, blaming and judging myself and blaming and judging others. Yes, sure, I don't have the willpower because of, because of my husband, because of my parents, because of my children, because of. If only, you know, I was blaming myself and blaming others. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Wow, I am not there anymore. And today I know, today I know, yes, I need, I need God's help. And I want this help. I want, I want the help. I need God's help to, to accept myself and to accept you, to accept myself with my character defects and to work on them. And today, yes, I know that, yes, I can do nothing without God's help. And yes, God wants to help me. I just have to open the door, to open the door and to welcome the help because today I accept and admit that without God's help, I can do nothing. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. And Reva P., please go ahead. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Um, So here we are in step three, and what this paragraph is reminding me, and I still relate to self-will run riot, that is totally me, um, that the root of my problem 
is my self-will run riot. Um, it's not the superficial food, which is what I thought, and that some power is going to make it possible for me to deal with this self-will run riot. But then I come to step three, where I have to turn and turn away from what I've been doing and trying and trying harder and trying even harder um, and look a different way to see things differently. And I just want to give an example. Yesterday morning, um, after doing all my, my footwork in the morning, I was preparing for work and I was trying to use um, technology and I tried harder and I tried harder and it wasn't working and time was passing and I had to um, get on to the first appointment. Um, and I knew I had to stop and I had to just turn, shut off the machine um, and just ask God for another way. Um, and I don't know how this works, um, but it's not magic and it's not wishing and it's not trying on my own will. It's, it's surrendering um, and turning and trusting that there is another way. And then, of course, um, things worked out so smoothly. Um, and I get this feeling when those things happen that I'm not even there. Um, this other power just, you know, goes poof and takes, and takes over. Um, so I'm so grateful for uh, experiences like that. And I also wanted to point out, it says must twice, because I think he just knows that I'm not going to listen the first time. So um, I must. Um, and um, with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Melissa C., please go ahead. Hi, good morning, Cassie. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, when, um, when we read here about how um, myself, I'm the problem, I'm the creator of the problem, um, this problem is really born out of me, and that I'm not going to be the solution to the problem. That's just, um, you know, that just really tells me how much I need a higher power. Because, uh, you know, my thinking was that my problems were caused by you. You know, you caused my problems, or life caused my problems, or God caused my problems, and that I was going to have to be the one to fix it. And, you know, I didn't realize that that was selfish thinking. You know, that's completely self-absorbed thinking, that somehow all of life is revolving around me, I'm the great victim, um, and that I'm the only one that can fix my problem. And that has the ability to kill me. You know, that type of thinking um, is fatal. It's lethal. It's going to kill me. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I grow more and more grateful um, that this disease put me in a place where I knew that it was killing me, that I wasn't um, on the fence anymore thinking, well, you know, maybe it's not that bad. You know, by the time I really uh, surrendered and let go, I knew it was that bad. I knew that um, I wasn't finding the solution on my own, that I had moral, you know, I had moral convictions, I had good philosophies, I had a great diet. I could not 
live according to those things. Um, I wasn't able to follow those rules and those guidelines. I knew them. And, but knowing them and being able to adhere to them are, are two different things. And, um, you know, and so um, I, can, I have two choices. I can hang on to all, um, all the ways that life is unfair. I can hold that really tight as proof that I have every right to feel the way I feel. Or I can just release it and let it go, turn the page, um, and allow myself to be transformed. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And Kim G., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. You know, this is good news. This is awesome, awesome news, because if my real problem is the people around me, if my real problem is my marriage, my children, my job, my family, what am I going to do about that? I can't change anyone else. But if my problems are my own making, there is a recovery process that can help me change my thinking and my actions of myself. So pages 60 to 62 are really telling us, what are the results of my life when I'm running it on my own power? You know, I personally am loving the, the words, my creator, in this book recently. Because I am acknowledging that what I create is pages 60 to 62. I create chaos and, and disharmony and just devastation. So I need to now find another creator, something greater than myself. I'm making a decision to turn away from what I have created, pages 60 to 62, and seek another solution, which is this recovery process. And how do I do that? I do that through the actions of four through nine. After we do step three, it says we launch into a course of vigorous action. I am being prepared to launch. And what prepares me is the understanding that if I continue to live on my own power, pages 60 to 62 is my lot in life for the rest of my life. So I'm going to learn a skill set in four through nine, and I'm going to employ that in 10 through 12. You know, I once uh, on a special edition heard this great interpretation of the serenity prayer, which in all honesty was my program of recovery for many years in OA. I didn't have anything else except a food plan and the, and the serenity prayer. So the serenity prayer is God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, steps one through three, the courage to change the things I can, which is steps four through nine, and the wisdom to know the difference, which is 10, 11, and 12. You know, I think it's very common. I get questions about, well, what do I do now? I'm upset now. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I haven't done the steps. What do I do now? The book is trying to create a crisis, an urgency to do the work, an urgency to launch onto this program. And when I hear questions like that, and I remember when I ask those same questions, I think about my family on a road trip. And we'd be going from New Jersey up to, up to Lake Champlain in Vermont, and it's like an eight- to nine-hour drive. And every half hour, us kids would say, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And my dad would just roll his eyes. We, we have eight hours, kids. We're not there yet. So if you're in the middle of this process and you're like, I want to have it now, understand that the process is 1 through 12. Use the un unmanageability of these pages to launch you to take action, take action, take action. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And Stacy T., please go ahead. 
Good morning. This is Stacy T. calling from Cleveland, and thanks for doing service. Um, there were a couple things that <clears throat> stood out for me um, in the first par- in the second paragraph. Um, so our troubles, we think. Um, one of the words that I bracketed was uh, kills us. Like there's some up till this page, and I'm sure even further on, I have lots of examples of that which could kill me, and while I know that intellectually, and I often know it in my heart, it is absolutely perplexing with the nature of this addiction that in the face of decide choosing life or death through killing myself, there's a hundred forms of fear that make that a possibility. Um, the, the other piece is um, finding my own higher power. And I have had multiple higher powers throughout my journey in life, and I've tried on some of yours collectively and some of my own. And what I have found is that I'm pinging uh, back and forth and back and forth and not being at a holding place that's consistent. It it lasts for a good while, maybe months, maybe some years, but I continue going back to than some of the chaos of judging myself. Um, And I've tried a lot of other ways, and I couldn't live up to to them because they were from a place of perfectionism. Um, And where it says many of us had, I bracketed had. Um, I would like to see it as have, (laughs) H-A-V-E, moral psychology. And uh, just finally, I'd like to say that while all of this is like a way of living for me, um, we trust, at least I do, I trust physicians and other people to help me. And so some of this, I'm not letting myself off the hook, but I have just recently found out some allergic um, red light foods that I had absolutely no idea that were a part of me because blood work came back conclusive that that I have this malady of, of several substances. And so this really helps me to have... God then work in my life to help me get the next right direction, to help me meet with people that can uh, specialize in some of the allergies that I have with food. And that will help me reduce my self-centeredness because I don't want to be alone. And I can't do it without all of you. And it's a good day if I wake up and give it my best shot uh, for this day only. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Stacy T. And Allison C., please go ahead. Hi, this is Allison C. from New Jersey. Um, wow, this part, these two paragraphs, um, they're so loaded with um, information of things that are really helpful, and I really just uh, identify with this. Uh, so basically, our troubles, we think, are of our own making. Um, wow, that was kind of like, oh, you know, like I, I caused this. These arise out of ourselves. Um, and the alcoholic is the extreme example of self-will run riot. So, you know, in program for a very long time, um, I used my self-will to try to comp- uh, control my compulsive overeating. Um, you know, by using the tools and not really working the steps and not having a higher power, and I'm not knocking the tools because I think um, – um, there's something to it, but um, when you're just working the tools and you're not working the steps and you don't have a higher power, um, 
you can't really see the selfishness. There's no, you know, there's no talk about selfishness when you go to just one of those regular OA meetings where they talk about the tools. Um, and when I started reading the big book and studying it and um, going to big book meetings and meeting a lot of people from a vision, um, I realized, um, you know, that this selfishness is um, something that we need to get rid of. And um, I can't use my self-will to get rid of it. And um, I learned somewhere that selfishness is what I want and what I don't want. And so when I went through my step four and I was looking at my part in all of this and my selfishness, I realized that as I was writing out what the selfishness part was, what I want and what I don't want, realizing like, oh my gosh, I sound like this six-year-old little girl with her hands crossed, stomping her feet on the ground, talking about, you know, what I want, what I don't want. And some of these things, when I look at my selfishness, are so ridiculous. But even knowing that it's ridiculous, I can't use my self-will to get rid of them. I need a higher power. And um, doing these steps and asking for God's help, um, you know, it says here in this paragraph, God makes that possible. Um, we can't get rid of self without his aid. And then at the end, we have to have God's help. You know, it's not optional to uh, turn or not turn to God. We have to turn to God. There's no other way. I try to do this myself, and that didn't work for me. And I know it doesn't work for anyone on this line. Um, so this, this paragraph is just very important. This whole page uh, talking about the self, self-centeredness. Um, and in the paragraph before, it talks about fear. And it's really these character defects that... Um, keep us sick, and there's no way other than um, having our higher powers help and asking him each and every day, you know, we, it's not just, uh, we do it one time, we have to do this every single day, we have to be rid of the selfishness, the self-centeredness, and the fear. Uh, thank you for letting me share. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Allison C. Uh, is there anyone else who would like to share on this paragraph? Janet. Sharon H. in Colorado. Okay. Gladys. Gladys. Leah M. Renata. Deborah R. Lynette. Deborah R. Gladys. Lynn S. Um, did I hear uh, Leah? Leah. Gladys. Correct. Leah M. And who else? Gladys. 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 What's your first initial? F. Okay. So I have and Sharon H. Oh, Sharon H. I'm sorry. I, that was the one I was missing. Nessa okay. R. Nessa R. Okay. So we have Janice M., Renata G., Deborah R., Lynn S., Leah M., Gladys S., Sharon H., and Nessa R. Did I get everyone? Okay. Janice M., please go ahead. And good morning to you, Kathy Kay and everyone. My name is Janice M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Well, (laughs) is that me or what? We're not, you know, I'm going to talk about myself. I wasn't sort of an example of a, a self-will run riot. Um, I, I, an extreme example? 
the real insane part with me as a compulsive overeater was that I couldn't even see myself as even slightly self-centered when I first stopped, you know, compulsive eating or while I was eating, you know, um, um, going to meetings, doing the steps. I eventually saw that my self-obsession, which, you know, we talked about that yesterday, but, you know, my, my definition would be that thinking too often of myself and everything that I did. So, you know, I have to put something other than myself. You know, I didn't put God and others before me, ever. It was always about me. I thought I was, you know, I thought I was, but I wasn't. And, you know, these, these, this self-will um, is, it was deceptive to me because, you know, whenever, you know, and, and it says in the book on 417, whenever I am disturbed, I'm disturbed, there's something wrong with me. Now, that's just the opposite thinking for me. It was something that was, when I was disturbed, it was always something wrong with you. So it's, you know, turned around, 360. And, you know, when we get through this, when I make the decision, we're coming to it, that, you know, this principle does work. Because when I do find myself upset, feeling self-pity or fear, you know, um, it's a signal for me that, you know, once again, self-centered perspective janice what is it about you and so that's that helped me a lot and uh with that i'm going to pass thanks thank you janice m renata g please go ahead thank you kathy for your service good morning family this is renata g recovered compulsory read in new york we must we alcoholics must be rid of selfishness we must or it kills us you know, and that's really, you know, like we, we saw in a previous paragraph, right, the, the 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 major problem, you know, like today I understand that that's, that's my spiritual malady, you know, the selfishness, the self-centeredness. That's what triggers my mental obsession that then makes me pick up that first bite and then trigger the allergen. I'm back on that vicious cycle from the, the doctor's opinion. So, you know, if I don't treat this, you know, selfishness, it's going to kill me, you know, either with the food or something else, you know, and Bill's story, you know, uh, bottom of page 13 and then top of 14, he tells us, you know, what is necessary, you know, to recover and to remain recovered you know, and he says on that first paragraph on page 14, simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. So, you know, now getting ready to take step three, that means that, you know, I am 100% convinced that I am powerless, right, step one, that I need a higher power's help. And that my life, the way I've been living it, has not worked. You know, if it was working so well, not being in this program. And so, you know, I have to accept that I'm going to have to live on spiritual basis. You know, I'm going to learn how to live on spiritual basis by working the rest of the steps. That's how I'm going to be able to, you know, turn to my creator, turn to a higher power, 
and live my life on different bases because you know the way I was living and trying to get what I want whenever I want from everyone and everything was not working. It was driving me crazy and driving me to the food, you know, or alcohol or shopping or, you know, whatever you name it. And so that's what it is, you know, the spiritual malady. Once I take care of that with God's help, you know, by working the steps, then that mental obsession doesn't come. And if the mental obsession is not there, I don't need to pick up that first bite. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata G. And Deborah R., please go ahead. This is Deborah R. Good morning, everyone. Uh, My fellow travelers, and thank you, everyone, for your service today. Um, These are of our problems of our own making. And... um, I like the phrase, where did I get the ball rolling? I tell you, when I first read that, it was like, what is that talking about? There's no way. I'm a good girl. I strive so hard not to step on anybody's toes and do the right thing and do extra so you don't have to, so probably you'll like me. And I could not see my own selfishness through um, the veil of all the other things I would call it. And it's just selfishness, self-centered. Those have uh, dragged me down to the depth of like just doing things that are unkind, um, even though my motives and my mind and my rationalization says, you know, this will help them. Um, actually, the idea of helping, you know, and it, it, it's daily life. Um, I am the caretaker for helping my folks, and I'm thinking I'm the catch me owl. Not so that, but that I've got a skill set. I can do some things on the computer to make life easier. And it's overwhelming for my mom and dad. I can't type that. I, how am I going to learn that? And where did I get the ball rolling? I wanted to please them in a way. And that's just the program um, helping me look at myself as I do my um Tense, either the spot check during the day, if it's intense, or reviewing at night, or just talking about situations. I can, by working these steps and staying abstinent, staying clean from the food, which is a gift to God. It's a, a higher power gift. And um, I know when things come up, I have to go, where did I get the ball rolling? Where are my selfish, self centered, dishonest, frightened? Because, um, spiritual axiom as I understand it is and I didn't like that one either every time I'm upset about some other person's like thing one finger out there's three I got it started there's something wrong with me in my reaction so with that I pass and thank you for letting me share thank you Deborah our Lynn S please go ahead Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. I really, really believe that this was such a source of my misery, my divine discontent. As much as I wanted to be thin and stop eating, I also wanted to be a good person. 
I wanted to be a kind and loving daughter. I wanted to be a good employee. I wanted to be, you know, a good granddaughter and a, and a moral person. And and I had so many, you know, jackets. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and all these great quotes and great phrases and I'd wake up in the morning and pull myself up by the bootstraps and today was going to be different and I would turn over a new leaf and I would be this different person but then people did dumb stupid things and I had to point them out to them and uh, you know life didn't go my way for sure and by two or three hours afterwards it was just like the food even though I didn't want to eat the whole cheesecake I'd find myself face down in it and even though I didn't want to be ranting and railing at somebody, if they hadn't been so dumb stupid, I wouldn't have to. And it was this divine discontent knowing that that wasn't the person I wanted to be and being completely incapable of changing, no matter how hard I tried, no matter how many wishes, how many prayers, how many I will never do that again. And God, if you please, it used to be a prayer of mine you know, when I was getting weighed, God, please don't let me gain weight. And I promise if I didn't gain weight this time, I'll do anything you want. And it would be the same, like, God, please let me be, you know, a good person. And I, I promise if I don't get mad when I go to my uncle's today, then I'll do anything you want. And it never, ever worked. And I was so baffled. I couldn't understand when I wanted so badly to be this different person why I couldn't be. And it was, I can remember when I came into program and I saw all these things and it was like little aha moments. And I went, oh, my God, oh, my God, I finally found out what's wrong with me. I finally found out. And that didn't mean that all of a sudden I just turned around and everything was rosy. That would be great, but it doesn't work like that. What it did mean, though, was now there was hope because here I am in black and white on the pages of this book. And not not only do they... They don't point me out and then leave me there, but they give me a solution and they give it to me over and over again. And, you know, above everything, God makes that possible. We had to have God's help. The answer is there and then how to do it is there too. I'm so grateful for this program and with that I pass. Thank you, Lynn S. And Leah M., please go ahead. Thank you very much, Kathy. Uh, so our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. This was new information <laughs> for me um, when this text was brought to life. Um, you know, that I was the creator of my own pain. Nobody was doing that to me. Um, you know, that really was <laughs> shocking to hear, you know, when I was ready to recover. That, you know, no one was uh, cramming a 9 by 13 tin of brownies down my gullet. Um, no one was creating this chaos around me. Um, these were uh, reflections of distorted behavior because my mind, my thinking was distorted. I was the architect of my own misery. 
um, I might act like a martyr at times, or perhaps I was a bulldozer at times, but the reality was that it was me, myself, and I all the time. And this problem of self-sufficiency, uh, uh, self-reliance, um, had created tremendous suffering and pain for me and for those around me. And when this text was brought to life, it was made clear that the big book teaches that for me to get over compulsive overeating was going to require a transformation of thought and attitude. And that this program of recovery, these action steps would allow that to happen. That, you know, self-will is a part of everyone's life. The big book doesn't say that, <laughs> that uh, self-will isn't necessary. It's saying self-will run riot. Self-will is a God-given part of who we are. We wouldn't be complete human beings without it. A sense of self is necessary and vital in life. Otherwise, none of us would get out of bed in the morning. But the problem was my instincts, these drives, were distorted. And if my sense of self is not controlled, it becomes the single most destructive thing in my life and, unfortunately, in the life of others. But here comes the program of recovery, which is a process of correcting the will. So step three is merely a decision to work steps four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve, which is a whole process of correcting the will. And I'll just uh, remind everybody of <laughs> of page eighty-five. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. How can I best serve Thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line, all we wish it is the proper use of the will. That's the result of the 12 steps. Thank you. Thank you, Leah M. And Gladys S., please go ahead. Good morning. <clears throat> My name is Gladys, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I like this first part, first sentence, where it says, so our troubles we think are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves. And when I was when I was hearing that this morning, it kinda reminded me of like the Doctor Jekyll and Mr Mrs. Hyde concept. Because, you know, I also, you know, I created so many characters through my life to try to control people, places and things. But, you know, they all wanted something, that little girl, that teenager, you know, even the mature woman in me. We all wanted something, and it was mostly food. Um, but, you know, but recently when I when I realized uh, that part of me, you know, I became so afraid of myself that I was afraid to, to leave a house, you know, for about a month because I had, like, destroyed... Uh, well, it probably could have been a good relationship because of my my own uh, self-will. Um, and so now, you know, and then I, I, every time when I would get this with this person, I would say, oh, I'm not going to do it this time. But I couldn't help it. I, I was just totally out of control. So these characters or character defects, they became more powerful than me. They basically took over. And so that's why I'm, I'm I'm here now because I know I need help and 
And I know I have a God in my understanding, and, 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 you know, I know I need help from God. So that's why I'm here, because this program uh, is to guide me back to that source. So uh, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Gladys S. Uh, Sharon H., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. This is Sharon H., recovered, color, recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado by God's grace. And wow, what an awesome meeting. I've heard everything I needed to hear, like I always do. So our troubles are basically of our own making. They are a result of self-will run riot. And um, the results of that in my life were these very distorted false belief systems in my mind, the mental twist, the sick mind, and then the allergy of the body that told me that I had to eat and eat and eat to feel better. So I caused chaos. I harmed others that I claimed to love. I resented anyone who did not behave the way I think they should. And I used to say, it's not my fault. I blame others for my problems, choices, shattered dreams, disappointments, etc., etc. And um, what this book points out to me is exactly the results I get from that kind of a life and what do I need to do or must do. And, and what will happen if I keep doing this? It says it will kill me. And so what do I need to do? I need to uh, surrender and, and consent to allowing a higher power God uh, to take over my life and show me Uh, Sharon, we lost you. Can you press star one again? Sharon, are you there? We can't hear you. Okay, I'm going to suggest we move on to Nessa R. And uh, if Sharon comes back, we'll let her finish after Nessa. Hi, good morning. Uh, this is for you. My name is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, OA was not the first thing I tried to lose weight and keep it off. Um, actually, probably like everybody else, it was the last class. The last thing I tried, and so I came here to lose my weight and keep it off. And why are we reading about this now? Why is it important for me to know that I, um, that troubles arise out of myself, that I am the manufacturer of my own misery? Um, so it is important for me for two reasons. Number one, that is the reason I overeat um, because I cannot handle life. You know, and the more I try to fix it and everyone else around me, the worse it gets. And so in step three, I'm being asked to make a decision, and the decision is to try things, um, to do something differently, to try something I've never tried before. And unless I am convinced that not only my way isn't working with the food or with my life, uh, I'm not going to be willing to try something else. I need to know that not only my way of doing things is not fixing things, it is actually making things worse. And so I must be convinced that I need to try 
um, a different way in order to make a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God, which is what I'm being asked to do here. You know, I am at a turning point. A turning point means I either continue going the way I'm going and getting what I'm getting, or I choose a different path to... Um, um, uh, Nessa, I'm sorry. There's some terrible noise on the line. Could every man make sure they're muted? I um, hear someone, I think, doing something in the kitchen. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nessa. Please finish. Thank you. And, and as was said before, you know, knowing that I am the common cause of all my problems empowers me. Empowers me because it gives me a modicum of control. Um, in in affecting the change in my life that that I that I want, so all I need to do is recognize that my way isn't working, that my troubles are my own making, letting go of my need to be right, uh, my victimhood um, attitude, and submit to this process which is so full of promise. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nessa R. Uh, it really is time to close the meeting, so I'm going to ask Sharon H., if you're there, to please uh, stay on, if you can, to share in the second unrecorded hour. Um, thank you, everyone, uh, f for those who have shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Dion R., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. Yes. Hi, my name is Dion R., I recover from over eating. I'm very grateful. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if you have your own house in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something we haven't got. Stick to it that your relationship with him is right and the great event will come to pass for you and countless of This is the great thought of abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the records of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall meet you. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you cherish the world of happy death. May God bless you and keep you until then.